0: This is Cliff Central. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Bonjour, bonjour, hello to everyone who's tuning in to the Fashion Lab, the first ever fashion business radio show to go live in the world. My name is Lisa Regis Regisford. And on today's show, our discussion is around the Africa's fashion evolution. So we're basically mm. just going to take a glance and see what's been happening um, years and years ago and where we are today uh, some of the different practices um, obviously uh, there was brands that were in existence then and what they're doing differently today and uh, those who are also staying relevant so it's a very interesting topic and it's a very diverse topic so we are obviously going to give it a part one and take it to part two next week however um, for those who are tuning in for the first time Fashion Lab is a show that's here every week we are the people um, behind the business um of fashion, We care about um, the different ways that we can be able to leverage ourselves as fashion brands in the continent, as fashion designers, as fashion, just the whole value, uh, value chain around fashion and how we can elevate ourselves and take ourselves to the next level. We are definitely going to be discussing um, this topic with a few guests who we feel also kind of um, link in well with our subject matter today. However, we are still keeping our lines open. We still have our Twitter open as well for you to continue to just share with us what type of subject matters you'd actually love to hear us dissect in our lab today. Now sitting with me in studio is my co-host, Moik Peterson.
1: Good afternoon, Fabsters.
0: <laughs> and what are you wearing again
1: today? <laughs> the, the serendipity behind all of this, I was even saying to everyone in studio that we all have on black. So I have on my plain black suit, three quarter pants, black tie, you know, everything is just black and white Lizzie, I mean, you look absolutely phenomenal too. I'm just sad you don't have on a little dress It's summer I just You know, those long legs, they need them, those little dresses You know dresses. what
0: I thought today? I thought today the legs are gonna be in Because <laughs> I'm tired of having them out And seriously, like, I'm just like I'm on a strike Santa was so hectic I was like, today I am wearing uh-huh. These is what I'm wearing I'm wearing some nice jeggings Which I rarely wear And uh, I've got a little lace Um high-low blouse, which is quite cool with some sequin collar. Very Um, nice. But yeah, you know me, I'm the sequin queen uh, as well. (laughs) Anyway, we've also got in studio today um, Misha Lansing. Hi. Yes, and like we said last week, for those who are tuned in, Misha's our intern. She does a lot to make sure we look good too. Mm -hmm. Um, However, she's now filling in as well with the trend report. Uh, As you all know, Nicola uh, Cooper, our senior trend analyst, is uh, still not well. And we are still continuing to pray for her. We we ask you to also just send your um, you know, send your prayers and and love and light towards her, so she can uh, get better and she can get back to the show. Absolutely. Um, And then obviously we've got some really cool guests. But before we go into our guests and get straight to our topic, I just found it very fascinating. Obviously our topic is around evolution, and it's very hard to also tell or kind of like factor in um some of the fashion history around africa because mm-hmm. people got independence in different years yeah people got th- africa is so diverse it's so hard and a lot of stuff has not really been recorded for us to really say this is what happened at this era in the whole continent yeah. it's just so different so i found it very interesting because we can't trace the correct timelines to actually go in and just think about what was happening in africa when i was growing up obviously i grew up at A few years, um, (laughs) yeah, a few years, um, before some people grew up. But one of the things I wanted to just say, um, obviously Mobile share a bit is as a Kenyan, I knew one of the things definitely that was so strong is the Maasai uh, culture. Yeah. And it's crazy how they hardly wore clothes. So my reference as a Kenyan is Maasai culture. Uh, they had, uh, skin. They drank blood. They had, uh, ochre. And they put it on their hair, so they dyed their hair with okra, they dyed their bodies with okra, and that's how they lived, and some of them still live like that today. Then obviously there was another time, and we, we want to hear, I'm Kenyan, you're South African, we come from different Place, uh spaces and therefore our stories are a bit different. Even yeah. the eras and the times that these uh you know, different sort of um um style aesthetic or tapes or whatever it was happened. But, but
1: Liz, you know what? Being South African and I know it, it goes back it's 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 not I, I don't know Is it fact or But the Khoisan And the Namas You know In the desert They were one of the first people I don't know And found on the African continent And they just wore A little piece of leather Right here in the front To cover You know <laughs> yeah, Just Yes You know Just <laughs> the private area But everything else Was like Beading And you know um, The back was exposed And it's just Amazing How evolution changed And how everyone But I think up until today You'll use you, you still find them and they still don't wear um, clothing. But, I mean, some of them, the newer generation, they do They do wear clothing. Yes. But it's funny. It is. Wow.
0: It's interesting to hear your thoughts, Misha, as well. I want to just go into, besides the skin, there was also, the obviously, the body painting. Yes. And um, then there's body tattoos. I know, like, uh, I've got friends and, and relatives from South Sudan, because we come from the Nile, who... Have they? You cut your yes, you cut yes. yourself until you have a certain type of scar, and that was actually a part of of, of style. That was cool. That was stylish. <laughs> that you was know, they painful. didn't care <laughs> about wearing clothes. They're like as long as you've got those marks on your face. That's cool Then there was people Who were doing gaps As well On the teeth And the big piercing Of the ear Then there was Obviously the Messiah Tell us Misha What did you see Like what do you know About um, The evolution culture Back Mm -hmm. in the day My culture
2: Okay so my culture Is a bit further up From Africa So we wear clogs And aprons And all that Kind of Fashionable stuff (laughs) Um, But out of You know My current roots Which are now In South Africa And looking at All the I think it's absolutely stunning with the, that neck jewelry that like yes. elongates the neck um that okay I never really understood the the ring in the lip that you know kind mm. of is the size of your face and it mm. drags it down mm. i mean what happens when you get old do, do, do they take out the plate and then you have this like
0: hanging you've lip? got a hung
2: hung. I,
1: I just want to come in there liz uh, the, the kenyans especially the kenyans most of the time when i was living in the usa they were always the ones being portrayed on tv and you've that's why the most, Masai. yes the Masai, <laughs> yes
0: not all the kenyans the different <laughs> cultures have different things but Masai okay, i'm is sorry very thank strong. you for the
1: correction but that's why people think you know that there's, we, we we don't wear clothing it's just like a little cloth but i still love that as. Then why are you
0: not wearing that cloth?
1: I mean, hello in (laughs) South Africa. (laughs)
0: Listen, for those who are tuned in, we are speaking about the fashion evolution in the continent. And we obviously are going to be talking more style and going towards the clothing side of it. But at the same time we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear where you're from and some of the roots of what Absolutely. you saw as you grew up. Because obviously we can't just um we can't just clog it in and put it in a box and say it was only clothing. I mean, later on the weaving techniques came and people used raffia, people used cotton. And then you have obviously out of the fi- the raffia and cotton you had different beautiful fabrics that now were woven into like the kikois and then the, the silk came in. The silk, I don't know when it came in. I don't know if it came in from here. The Chinese
1: were actually from here. Yeah, okay, read I, okay,
0: now we're gonna, okay guys. <laughs> anyway, this is the fashion lab. We hold it down here every Friday. Wanted to, two, um PM Central Africa Time, and we're going to go straight into our topic. But we still want to keep our lines open. We want to keep um, our Twitter open. We are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. You can share with us your thoughts or anything else that you might have found out. Uh, we've also got our number here. We're on zero eight six one triple five one eight nine. Keep it locked. This is where we hold it down every Friday, but also join into the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Now, today we're discussing again the glance at Africa's fashion evolution, and we're joined by special guests. Um, we've got JJ Skuman in the house, fashion designer, who's also uh, a friend. Hello, <laughs> <I love laughs> JJ. This. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> Would you like to share with our listeners what you're wearing?
3: Oh my words, yeah. <laughs> this is my um my usual. Black. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
1: Everyone has on black today.
3: Yeah. Um, I find it very comfortable, very easy for me. Just black with blue jeans. I think um in the nineties I told someone before I would rock the blue jean with a white top and this um century with black. So I think <laughs> in the next century I'm probably gonna go grey. <laughs> <I think. laughs>
0: Well, welcome to the show. We're welcome, also, JJ. Yes, we're also going to be joined by Anne McReith who's the founder for FAFA, but she's also a fashion um, brand, fashion designer for the Kiko Romeo brand, uh, who will be also talking to us from Kenya. And obviously, the reason we also have this, uh special designers who also don't just wear one hat, they actually wear a couple of different hats in the fashion industry, mm-hmm. is because they actually started their practice way back. Can, and, you, can you believe it? And they it? still, look at JJ looking all cool and trying to be <laughs> humble about it. I mean, the fact that you're still relevant from the time that you started—these are the conversations we're gonna have to say. How do you stay relevant? What were you doing then? What did you have to change up as the times change to be able to keep up and still be in business and still appeal to this new market that's just on like cloud nine and
1: still looking so young and still looking
0: so fresh? <laughs> yes. Oh
1: wow! Thank so you.
0: yes. <laughs> so I mean, like, uh, let's 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 talk a bit. I mean, when did you start your JJ? When did you start? Um, Working in the design world.
3: Yeah, in the design world, seriously, uh, my degree was, uh, a final, um, I graduated 85, but I did start wow. in uh, 84, but that was at university. Then I came to Joburg to do my diploma here. So that's like 30 years, all in all. Gosh. And um, obviously things have changed a lot. You know, that time we didn't have Fashion Week, for instance. We didn't have like castles and stuff. It was just, uh, I don't know what was happening that time. You know, it was... Fashion was wonderful. We were working and sewing and delivering, and you know, no order. Making like fabulous dresses, whatever <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was a bit like that.
0: Was it a very busy time? Was there a lot of um, fashion designers? Were you working more to export or was it locally? Um, yeah, consumed? no. I
3: think um, my time was sort of late eighties when I started really, and I think everything was sort of d- dwindling down. It was very difficult for me that time in fashion to find myself to find a voice. I mm-hmm. didn't even. Know how anything worked, it was just sort of bam, there I was. Yeah. And uh there were no structures, nothing. So I would do just like boutique ranges and work for top other designers. As a designer, you know, like learning my craft. Uh going from all sorts of different places, you know, um we, we were designing accessories. We worked for uh, a knitwear company. I did leather stuff for, for Pierre Cardin. And, uh, I worked for amazing leather designer Claire Frontel, uh, as a pattern cutting designer. And I just moved on with, uh, all sorts of, um, Whatever I could learn, I would want to learn. So I, yeah. I, I covered sort of my tracks to say, yes, I, I've covered it all. Uh, now I can specialize. JJ, the, the, the,
1: the, the narration of JJ Skuman, Yeah. Has it been constant throughout the years? Because I know you started with, with ball gowns, you know, with gowns and has, has that always been your aesthetic.
3: Actually, uh, yeah, you probably saw me, uh, starting with war guns when I was halfway <laughs> through it. I actually started before you saw me coming. Yes. Um, now th- in the early days, I would be doing mostly daywe. Okay. And uh streetwear, street fashion was my thing. Okay. So I didn't even know about evening wear because I didn't even consider evening wear. I used I to think it's silly. You gotta but, be kidding me, right? Yeah, I used to never even consider it. At so how all. did you
1: get in there, JJ?
3: Well the evening thing was uh I was just floating, you know. Mm-hmm. As a young designer you're looking for for work you're looking for Clients and you have to survive So there was a shop in Rosebank And this lady called me And she said you come here <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I went in And she said to me Can you make me an evening dress And I said yes but why She said uh, because I, I think you, You're a young designer Make me a nice evening dress I'm a shop so I made her that dress And uh, I asked her How must it look She said royal blue With a low back And a higher slit I said okay fine And what fabric She said well you the designer You know I said no but I need to know Because <laughs> uh-huh. it's You said I must do this And I don't want to make it Some other monkey business And then that's not what you want Yes So I took the dress there and she phoned me two days later. Of course, she paid me on the spot and said, can you make me another one? And I said, wow. why? She said, well, I sold that one. I said, that's <laughs> fantastic. You're kidding me. Who bought <laughs> it? What was it for? And then I worked like that for five years, making only evening dresses. Wow. And, wow. um, the, wow. that was just that story.
0: I want to just plug in, Anne McCreith, uh, from the Kiko Romeo brand, um, who's on the line with us as well. And she's obviously calling from Kenya. And we want to also have conversations with her because she's also one of the earliest designers I could remember started doing anything. And then we started looking at her and thinking, "Wow, is this what design is all about? This is this what the
1: fashion industry?" Yeah, is about?
0: Yeah. So, Anne, welcome to the show. Are you on, on the line? I am. And, and a good pleasure to be here. Good <laughs>
1: afternoon. And it's more here too.
0: Hi. How are you? I'm great. Just another crazy day in the fashion industry. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Anne, would you like to just um, share with our listeners um, who you are, what you do, and um, where you started? Um...
4: Okay. My name is Anne McCrest. Um I grew up on a Scottish farm, but then I did fashion couture studies in Rome.
3: Oh, wow. And
4: um, I worked in Milan briefly and then Barcelona. And I actually came to Kenya just because I was between jobs. There was some, one a job I'd resigned from at Mango in Barcelona, and I was looking for another one and, um, you know, just freelancing at the time. So I came here for three months of aid work because I could speak English. And uh, here I've stayed in Kenya. I stayed in aid work for three years, and then I decided to set up my own fashion brand. So I did that in '96. And, um, I'm still at it. I'm the, so founder, MD and so on. I'm currently the head designer still, although I'm always looking out to see who's going to be next because my aim was to make a very strong Kenyan fashion house, um, and take the brand global from here. Wow. Wow. wow.
0: And what are some of the mm. things, um, and since we're talking about the evolution of fashion, um, what are some of the, um things or tricks or ways of working um as a fashion business in the 90s and 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 how could you just share with us what's the difference what are you doing differently how has the journey been what have you had to adapt to how has it been for you what because obviously times are changing and you have to keep up and you still have to stay relevant and we're in 2016 in a minute so it means that you have to just keep On, keep on your toes. Share with us some of the ways or some of the things that you've had to really adapt to quick to be able to keep up with times and still stay relevant Relevant. as a brand.
4: I think, um, you know, there's many things that have changed on the local scene. Of course, you now have fashion media. Uh, there's an awful lot more competition, not just from other designers, but also from people importing clothes from all over the place, as well as an extremely vibrant second-hand clothes market. So being a designer in this market is tricky. It's also a market that currently the economy is a bit low. People aren't really spending. And um, it's always that thing of, oh gosh, you know, I really should be balancing local with export. Of course, as a market, but that market may fluctuate according to economic trends. So um, I think also in the old days, I could do basically whatever I liked. I would just be researching trends, but I was presenting something that nobody even knew necessarily was existing. Whereas, of course, everyone now with social media is completely up to date with what is happening globally. And uh, we do have seasonal differences. Uh, so there's a little bit of time there between what may be in the shop uh, in the Western world and Northern Hemisphere versus when it would hit us. Um, but it is extremely competitive. And one of the main Problems is also that the local market is used to extremely low pricing because of secondhand clothes and textile dumping. You know, excess production in China, Turkey, whatever, ends up on our, on our streets, as does the end of the sale from Zara, Mango, Georgia, and so on. You know, before, like, reducing it to zero, they will ship it to Africa. So designers have a constant challenge of being compared price-wise with uh, the other options in the market. Design-wise, I mean, yes, you just have to change more frequently, but we're still in... a market that everybody wants something different. They're not wanting to be wearing the same dress as someone else. And that's always challenging. Um, It means that if if you're trying to do a bigger scale production, definitely someone's going to complain. So you're constantly trying to get that balance right. I think that, you know, the best option is to be exporting and then, you know, doing a, a bigger scale production, but then only keeping a very little in the local market. I don't know if I've answered your question.
0: Wow! Yes, extensively.
4: <laughs> and it's
1: more again. <laughs> mm.
4: And I just wanted to find out since you're based, you
1: know, in Kenya, and you know you're really rooted right here on the African um, um, continent. Do you find that having been in the industry so long and introducing new trends and a new look has always been challenging? And how has Africans accepted this change?
4: Um you know if you have time to be a designer, full stop, it's never challenging. If you're well-trained, you just do your research and you constantly bring out new stuff. I think the main challenge for people like myself and other people in business in Africa, in the fashion business that I'm aware of, we're basically fashion entrepreneurs. We actually mm-hmm. do everything. Mm-hmm. It may be slightly different in South Africa, but most places, you're not employed as a designer. Mm-hmm. You do your own business, which means you wear very many different hats. Yeah. Yes. And that means that your design time tends to be extremely limited. Now, I've always liked the thing of doing a fashion show because then I completely shut myself away. You know, when I was doing Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week Africa, yes. I was shut myself away for a month. Wow. And all I was really on, I, I mean, occasionally I would do other stuff, but I was really focused on the design part and the the product development and so on. But, you know, even just coming for this interview, you know, I'm running here, I'm running there, I'm having to be so many, many other things other than just the designer. So I think it's that balance is sometimes very difficult to achieve. And certainly talking um, from another part of Africa, I can say that often our fashion colleges um, are not quite what we want them to be. So you don't always get the skill set that you need to take over certain aspects of your business. Or if you do get someone good, it's only a very short time before they're doing their own business. So you constantly find yourself having to go back fill in technical areas that you hoped would now free you in whichever area you were best at so that that, that's my main challenge i mean if i get the chance to develop a new collection i absolutely love it but i'm probably being you know called on staff issues on production issues on marketing issues you name it (laughs) there'll be something going on that isn't necessarily where i want to be focusing
2: um, and you're speaking to Misha um I just have a question so you said you wear many hats um, which is your favorite hat to wear you know
4: <laughs> I mean I love designing uh, that but as I say I never get enough time on it and i I also love PR networking
1: yes and I, I just wanted to find out when you started when you just came into Africa what what was your first um, collection was it ready to wear um was it an um, evening gown was it couture um, and what, what was your very first and are you still keeping on to what you what you were doing when you started
4: i mean ironically my first collection was menswear yeah, wow. and that is why and it was casual menswear tie-dye shirts print shirts loose-fitting pants and things that are very trendy right now actually and mm-hmm. um i yeah and and so, and i sold it from my garage and that was where I started. And the name Kiko Romeo actually means Adam's apple beca- in Kiswahili because I was doing menswear. Um, right now, I, in the interim, I had to bring in women's wear because for a while the market was much more, uh, there were far more women interests in fashion. Now our market has switched again and we've got a very big increase in interest in fashion for men and far less um, opportunities for them to shop for something different. So I've really tried to kickstart my menswear line again um i still do ready to wear um but i also do need to measure
0: um it's very nice to hear what you're doing it's very nice to know that you're still going strong you know after all these years and uh we definitely love what you're doing i also we also love what you're doing with fafa do you want to just touch on fafa and what you do with fafa um for those of our listeners who don't know
4: you know, FAFA, Festival of African Fashion and Arts, it was something I'd been thinking about, but what really sparked it off was post-election violence, and um, that made me do it. What, what it, The concept was we don't have to do it like the West is doing it and um, we don't even have to do it like South Africa is doing it. If we don't have the resources to do really high-tech backdrops uh, you know, things like that, can we integrate art, can we integrate live music and so on so that was the starting point and then post-election violence prompted me I was basically challenged by Al Fadi one of the godfathers of African fashion to put on a show to send out a good news story from Kenya to the world And um, basically to rally people around something beautiful, creative, um, something that, you know, we would inspire ourselves into positive energy and feeling we could make positive change. So it was using my role as a fashion designer because I think a lot of fashion designers do get well known. We get famous because we have to work with the media and we're in it often. So it was like, how can I use my fame to rally people for something bigger and higher goal and so on. So that's how it started. We've done five editions. We're hoping to do another one in May, end of May next year. Uh, Going back to the National Park, why we started in the National Park was tying in this thing of fashion and tourism Mm. and using fashion as a marketing tool for the country and for the continent. And I think South Africa is already very much ahead in that. Uh, Kenya is buying into it now, beginning to understand more the importance of fashion leading lifestyle marketing like you can't imagine that you know you can be selling uh, tea and coffee but you don't know there's a fashion industry, but if you're selling fashion, you know there's tea and coffee already and so many more things. And you know that we don't live in mud huts if we're buying fashion. So it's a, home, it's a very strong tool that um, all countries that can in Africa should be adopting. I, I think designers are at the forefront of showing a new face of Africa. So I think it's a very powerful tool. And,
1: and just, just, just before you, just before you do you go because you're such a phenomenal woman where do you hope in the future of fashion leads us to especially in africa what's your hopes and where do you think um the future of fashion leads us
4: I am, um, I mean, ultimately, fashion is jobs. I mean, if you have a vibrant fashion industry, there are so many jobs across the value chain from cotton farmer through to fabric, but also in manufacturing, also in print, in media, in advertising. Like, fashion is something that can elevate our economies. And we really need to have more governments talking about it, integrating it and realizing the potential fashion and creative industries. And um, just looking at things in a non-traditional way, they need to leapfrog. And I I must say, when I was in, in the Global Expo recently and I saw the stand of Angola, I was like, wow, you know, I lived in Angola during the war. They finally got peace in 2002. And you looked at this most modern, exquisite building beautiful exhibition i mean it really was it wasn't just about money it was about a vision of selling what they do in a completely different way and so i'm looking forward to more governments embracing that and i'll still be shouting from the sidelines or the front lines (laughs) whichever i can shout from just that we make those changes
0: thank you so much and how can our listeners uh, connect with you
4: Um, marketing at kikoromeo.com is an easy email that I see every day. I'm also on Twitter at Ann McCrath, that's A-N-N-M am on Facebook but man I'm bad at it (laughs) and I'm also on Instagram but yeah those are the various places so Google me I guess you'll find it spelt wrongly if you don't know how to spell it spell all possible variations and one of them will get to me
1: and thank you so, so, so much for um, coming onto the show and sharing your knowledge. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. And um, I hope the Canyon weather is absolutely stunning and Liz is sitting with big smiles because you're <laughs> from a home country. So, yeah, sure. and thank you so much for tuning in. She-
4: Come back
0: again soon. You guys have captured her for a bit too long. <laughs> no, we're hoping for you
1: to come to South Africa <laughs> soon.
0: We are hoping to come and also be a part of the next FAFA as well. But we Excellent. definitely are in touch. If we don't see you here at Fashion Week, you'll see me there doing some fashion musical affair or something. You know, super duper. We always enjoy it. So please come soon. All right, thank you. Have a lovely day.
4: Thank you, and bye-bye.
0: bye bye. Right, bye. Wow, guys, we are talking the evolution of African fashion. That was Anne McCreith, um from the Kiko Romeo brand. Um, we will be right back after the break with a trend report, but I also forgot to mention my favorite segment and give you guys a bit of a mm, quick warning. I was, I was wondering, <laughs> I was wondering when
1: is that going to come
0: in? We normally yeah. have this segment called yeah. Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? And we definitely would love to hear from you. Share with us your who's and your why's when we get to the end of the show, when we actually share, our who's and why's. Otherwise, uh, we'll be back after the break.
4: Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com.
0: Peter Turin
1: presents the glorious musical comedy Singing in the Rain. Direct from a sell-out London West End season, this five-star production will leave you with a song in your heart and a smile on your face. With spectacular dancing and raining live on stage, Singing in the Rain showers you with everything you could wish for in a hit musical. At Monte Casino from January 15 until March 13, Singing in the Rain, book now. Download the Cliff
0: Central app, available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com We are right back, and we will be going through the trend report um, with uh, Misha Lensink. Misha, Hi. welcome with the trend report.
2: Well, you've already welcomed me already, but <laughs> thank Well, you. welcome again. Welcome again, Misha. <laughs> you can never have too many welcomes. <laughs> Um, Okay, so for today's trend report, I'm going to be doing something just a little bit differently. I know normally, um, you know, Nicola talks about what's trending, what to look out for. I'm going to be doing the opposite. So what people shouldn't be wearing um, for this next year or what's left of this year. So um, let's start with the list. Number one is the peplum. Which I know Nicola's been screaming up to the heavens and above Saying, no, leave the peplum alone its I'm sure, well, everyone knows what it is But for those of you who don't It's basically like a little top with a cinched-in waist Which ties in very nicely to the 1950s Um, But you know, what really killed this brands, were, well, this trend, sorry, was brands that used the wrong fabrics, all those girls that bought it, that was two sizes too big for them and the peplum dress, which was just horribly executed. Um, then we've also got nail art. Don't get me wrong. Something simple and sophisticated. It's nice and delicate. You can't go wrong with that. It's timeless. I'm talking about, you know, there's so much nail art when you lift your hands up to wave to your friend, it's a bit of a workout. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's not cool. So just wave those nails goodbye with the <laughs> coming year. Um, and also, I'm going to keep on to the nails. It, there's been some rumor about a bubble nail trend. I don't know if you guys have heard of it.
1: Now, what's that, Misha? It's
2: hideous. It's You know when you were a kid and you dipped your fingers in wax? <laughs> it kind of looks like that, but ten times worse. How do so. you
1: eat or even, like, wipe your
2: t- <laughs> <laughs> I think you hire someone to do that for you. Oh, worst job of the world. Um Okay, so up next is festival fashion. You know, that's all the hippie vibes, the bohemian with the tassels and the booty shorts that are a bit too frayed. I think you know what I'm... Yes. Yeah. um, It's a nice look for December when you're at the beach. Um, Not so much if you're working. So in 2016, it must go. Also, the flowers in the hair and to some extent, guys are putting flowers in their beards. Wow. It's nice for Instagram purposes, but your everyday... No
1: The Liz is pulling your face
0: Yeah Let's just <laughs> save it I'm for I'm just thinking Is it like a ribbon li- Does it look <laughs> ribbon-ish But go ahead yeah. Go ahead We'll save it for parties
2: And themed festivals And you, you know One of those um, Now talking about being free Those overly distressed jeans So the ones where you basically Took the pair of scissors Sliced <laughs> down your leg And now you have shorts but with ankles and a back, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so if it looks like you've deployed, deployed the flaps off well, for landing, it's time to, you know, throw them out. And then finally, we've got leggings as pants. Now, to be fair, leggings paired with a nice long top that cover the goods. can still look pleasant, um, well, and it can indulge your inner Jane Fonda's. But I'm talking about where they're worn out to the point of non-existent. That please. is nasty. <laughs> no, the
0: see-through. I mean, like when people wear those, I'm like, did you forget to wear a dress? Yeah. You know that the one. I'm sure you're gonna post that. One of those. Yeah, that. I've already posted a
2: photo. And to be fair, I may have exaggerated a bit to uh-huh. emphasize my point, but please just don't
0: do it. Um, yeah. So that was the trend report.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Misha. That was wow. That was that was different. Thank you.
0: Thank you for that trend report. Uh, you guys are welcome to share your thoughts. Uh, share your feedback, uh, share what trends you may want to hear Misha, um, share with us or break down, um, during the time that Nicola's away. Um, otherwise, we are back to, um, JJ in the house. Hello there. Yes, again. Hello there. Mm, again. <laughs> so are you sure that for the next 10 years, you're going to be in the black, um, shirts and the future? Yeah, I feel comfortable with it. <laughs> okay. I tried a
3: blue top the other day and it came it straight no. off. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, So, JJ, tell us a bit about what you're doing currently with your brand.
3: Well, I'm in an interesting place. I would like to um, reinvent it a little bit, uh, bring more focus on uh, everyday wear to reach the masses and uh, keep up with the couture, but just in another way. I think there's just so much more that's possible, you know, in fashion. So uh, if I could grow the business a little bit With a little bit more streetwear More cocktail More easy stuff
1: Yeah JJ, I, that is very interesting that you're saying If you had the power, you yeah. know What fashion trend would you wipe from the history books? You know, like that
3: was never supposed to
1: even be there
3: <laughs> Well, you know <laughs> The funny thing is That each uh, phase was actually so wonderful uh, That... Uh, I, I don't think I would really wipe them. It's just you see, like what went wrong with the 90s is they didn't really have a signature mm-hmm. because it was sort of a fusion of everything that happened before, a <laughs> little bit of the 20s mixed with punk, mixed with um, whatever 40s, what and and all that. So 90s really didn't work for me. Uh, it it wasn't really anything.
2: To be fair, I don't think it worked for anyone. I've got some horrible photos of me being like, yay, hi, wearing those horrible <laughs>
0: cargo pants. And yeah. oh. I kind of liked the nineties. I kind of liked, um, some of that pop, um, some of that, uh, Madonna sort of, um, Conbra vibes and the, yeah. I liked specifically, I would select. But I did love the big yellow earrings and the girls chewing gum and the ponytails and the red ribbons yeah. and pink ones on the hair. And the, I just, and when I, and when I, I look I at it. pictures of Punk my dot. mother
1: in the eighties and nineties to that lady, yeah. even when she was carrying me in, you know, I looked at the pictures. I'm like, mama, you were stylish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? But I think yeah. it's, it's like you're saying it. Everyone was different, but would you say, JJ, in yeah. the 80s and the 90s, there was a certain trend that we were following?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the 80s, Madonna was the one that brought it on with uh, fishnets, really. Mm-hmm. And um 90s then was just a f- sort of like, what can we do next? Let's mix
0: it all
1: up. It's the end of the <laughs> When did the bootleg come in for the guys?
0: No, bootleg was more like early, like 70s. 70s, 60s. There was...
3: um, Yeah, the bell bottom actually was... Bell bottom was way behind. 70s. It was the mature time of fashion.
0: Mm. That was a very... I find the era of the 50s, 60s, 70s was a very serious fashion statement time where... People were not playing. Like, I hear you when you say the 80s, 90s. I love retro. I love I love everything about it. 90s maybe was that confusion. Even musically, when I still think about what happened musically, it's like we can be so clear about... I can be so clear and so high on the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. 90s was just like, what?
1: But listen, your dad loved the the bell button. Oh, no, they did.
0: They did. The bell button pants. They They killed it. Mom, dad, the (laughs) minis that were like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it would just literally fly up So yeah. I, I think it's, it's interesting It's interesting uh, to see how we've evolved You have said the words bell-bottom and retro
2: And the first thing that jumped into my mind Was the movie Priscilla Queen of the Desert Where they wear those bell-bottoms yeah. But there's literally no shoes Like the shoes are the bell-bottoms And they <laughs> walk around like that So that's what I'm imagining Because I wasn't born in the 80s And I oh. hardly remember the 90s Because, you know <laughs> I was so young. Um, but. Deja,
1: would you say, like, as time progresses and, you know, going into the future, that fashion, it's, it's, it, 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 it comes back. You know, certain styles comes back and we see it again. And do you think this is how we're going to continue throughout life?
3: Well, I actually want to say to you, I wrote this down because I thought of that before you asked me. And, fashion trends are a reflection of political and social and economic changes around us and it shows recession and inflation so i think it's got a lot to do with um social equalization oh um and uh the the, the crazy thing with fashion also is that it it um brings one social st- stratum together and um unites again another one of the same classes. It, it, it like sort of fuses the one and differentiates f- f- uh, from the others. And then what I also feel is that I often feel that uh, the elite actually initiates fashion. Why would you say that, JJ?
0: Um, can I just add on to yes, the whole? Okay. Uh, okay. First of all, just the evolution part of it. I think that we have designed everything and there's nothing else to design. We're going back. <laughs> we will always go back. I, I don't show me a dress that you think will be coming up, some sort of look in different style of silhouette that's going to come up But you saw in at AFI what happened
1: with the youngsters, with that those, those rags. <laughs> looking like rags. <laughs> I mean, that Listen, could I'm that talking could be, about, I'm just saying, I'm, talking I'm about sorry. Ready I'm to sorry. Wear,
0: I'm just thinking more ready to wear. So obviously, mm-hmm. if it's something that's more costume-driven or it's more uh, customized for a specific um, sort of customer, that's different. But I'm talking about what in the world is there that has not been designed? Someone, please tell me, because that's the part where I, I I I agree and I've accepted that we are going to continue to evolve, but we are going to go back to come back ahead, and we're going to get this blouse. And next year we're going to do it with a sharper collar, but it's the same blouse. And then next year we'll do it with maybe a rounder collar. I don't know, but it's it's going to yeah. continue to go There's, in the circle.
3: I, I think I have the answer. What what hasn't been designed yet? It's actually we work in we walk into this amazing. uh Room that's very futuristic, and when you leave, you leave out with your 3D printed outfit, so it's all made wow. right there.
0: And you think everyone, the masses, will be wearing that?
3: Um, it's we're talking a hundred years from now,
0: <laughs> but I, I think a lot of people
1: would love that, you know, come in. I don't know, like what you're saying, that 3D thing comes up, it's like, because I think evolution and just how everyone is changing, everyone wants to be different, you know, and all the designers... Everyone just wants to, to to come in with something different. Well, yeah. I,
2: I saw there was an article. I think it was last year or the year before, where you could spray your own jersey on. Like it was a jersey and a can. <laughs> yeah. Now, what happens when day ten comes along and then you only have half a jersey and you're like, ah? Oh.
1: <laughs> but what happens if we if we lose clothing and we just do body spray?
2: But, but your size 16s can't exactly be wearing that because then you'll see every oh. single crevice and every <laughs> single
0: fold. Guys, you, you yeah, know what it, I think, Misha. I in. think that they can because back in the day when we were laughing about it and talking about the history of African fashion and culture and how far back it goes from the skin, I don't think that they said, "Hi, Jomamoto, you will not wear it because <laughs> you are you, Jomamoto, you gotta wear a bigger a bigger skin because your stomach's <laughs> hanging or because your bum's <laughs> out." But Back then they didn't have the
2: kind of I'm gonna use the word fat because that's what it is, but they didn't have the same because back then they ate healthy food and they ate excessively no, but was it big, wasn't there was McDonald's. There was big girls and
0: big boys, Misha. But they didn't eat McDonald's. But they the bigness doesn't necessarily just come out of McDonald's. <laughs> but some JJ, people are just genetically yeah. big. <laughs> yes. But,
1: but 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 JJ, you know, yeah. looking at and we were at SA Fashion Week and you're you're ready to wear is phenomenal I actually so had the much. book you know I was looking through it too in five years from now maybe yeah. where do you think you're ready to wear because I know you a deep thinker and you know you're very creative where do you think five years from now like that ready to wear range is uh, how's it looking in, in your mind
3: yeah no I just think that uh, I will definitely always be in touch with the world that's around me because I think mm-hmm. that's the secret of success and um I think it will just be um on trend, exactly what everybody wants because that's how I really work. You know, I do sort of like a kind of um we told it we, we, we call it quick response. Ask people what they want before you make it. Mm-hmm. I I don't actually like to make stuff up and then uh then say, Okay, well this is what I made, what do you think because if I miss the pot. So I like to be a little bit more informed. But it's pretty much like what uh Coco Chanel said. That fashion has to do with ideas And the way uh, that we live and, and what is happening around us And that's really what it's all about And then that's how I'm going to work And that's how I'm going Absolutely. to keep that uh, collection going Someone
1: just quickly said oh, um, yeah, Someone just quickly said Please that you know J.J. is um, You've been How many years have you been doing Miss South Africa And those beautiful gowns <laughs> And are you still going to continue Creating those beautiful gowns
3: Well the truth is It's always by invitation You know I'm just I, um, I'm always blessed and I'm always honored when I am invited back through the front door because, uh, I think it's something that I really wanted to do. Um, it started in 2002, 2003 with Joan Ramukhoshi and Cindy Nell. So it's really total of 13 years. Wow. And from I'm this gonna world? Be I
0: was going to say, I'm going to be hanging <laughs> with you. You're my new BFF. Okay. So oh, I can also you. get lucky and get the. And any
3: dresses from, world, MJJ, and yeah, and from my, this world, MJJ? Yeah. My, my first a uh, break came with Devacher Sundrum, which was runner up to Claudia. Claudia wow. couldn't go and we're having that scenario lately a lot where the one can't go and then number two has to go, you know, to the one pageant, to the Miss Universe, to the Miss World, that kind of thing. So, uh, it was 2006 that I got my first break with Miss World and then, uh, well, I, I, You're still standing and I going hope, strong I hope I'm, I'm going to stand for a while longer No,
1: you definitely, JJ You definitely
2: <laughs> Have you ever thought of pulling uh, a Hunger Games on your dresses? Like, you know, when the dress goes on fire <laughs> to reveal another dress <laughs> <laughs> Misha, That's very artistic. coming from a very different side Yes, yes That's yes. I I an idea I think it's,
3: we're talking evolution here Definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? Um, since we are um, good on time, um, we would love you to just share with our listeners how they can connect with you, where to come and find your beautiful pieces. Yeah. And then we're going to go straight into our who would you want to dress and why.
3: Absolutely. Well, it's always easy if you have Google and you don't have any information, <laughs> you just go to J.J. Oh but... Yeah, there's lots of info there. But um if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at JJ Schoeman. And then, of course, we have a, a store in Rosebank. It's in the zone, and it's called JJ Schoeman. We also have our telly here, there. So if somebody would like to do a special dress, they're welcome to call us. And our phone number is uh, Johannesburg 011-447-5455. And, of course, I've got a Facebook page and an Instagram account. So J- it's all out there. JJ, JJ I just want
1: to say, you know, I'm sitting here in awe and I was speaking to Liz over the phone now during the calls of the weekend. We were speaking about you. So I'm sitting with, with my family and I'm like, Oh no, JJ said he's coming onto the show. So my granny says, what JJ are you speaking about? Are you speaking about like a nephew? I'm like, no, JJ schoolman. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, Yo, you know JJ schoolman? <laughs> and I think it's so phenomenal, JJ, you know With myself growing up and being inspired. And you know, yeah. today I am so lucky to be one of your friends too and learning from you. And thank you so much for remaining and staying so humble. I think you and Clive Randall are still one of the most humble um, designers that you can find and that you can speak to and learn from. And thank you you so much for joining us, JJ. Absolutely. So
0: um, assuming that you're buying... The wine after this? <laughs> yes, why okay, not? Fantastic. Okay guys, we're gonna go straight into who you who you wanna dress and why and we're gonna start with Madame Misha, Mademoiselle Misha, right there, and we'll take it round. Okay, well I put a lot of thought into this one on the drive here. Mm-hmm. Um, and
2: it I had to take it to home, um, and I would love to dress my little brother. Now, don't get me wrong, he uh-huh. dresses amazingly because I dress him most of the time. <laughs> But he'll be wearing this nice little leather jacket with the jeans, and he'll be looking very suave, and then he'll pair it with Crocs. And I'm just like, (laughs) but why? And, yeah, so... If I could dress him, just his shoes. Finish the the whole look. Just finish up the look because he's got the gel in the hair and he's got the whole pout-looking face photograph-ready look until it gets to the feet. It's like one of those like seren- serenic pan down and then wah, wah, right at the <laughs> bottom. So I'm going to dress my brother.
0: Okay, JJ, who would you want to dress? Well,
3: I suppose it's very controversial what I'm going to say, so I don't want to really open the can of words. <laughs> but there's someone that, um, that was standing out for me over the last couple of years, and the name is uh, Malala. So um, <clears throat> her being from a Muslim background, and I always see like what they wear, and I say to myself, is that fashionable? Yeah. Which era does that fit in? Is it 90s? Yeah. Is it 80s? Okay. And... uh I think that there's lots to be done with um with our with that kind of way. Mm. Yeah, so mm. I, would, I I but I d- and I also don't know what I'm going to come up with if mm. I sit down with her. Mm. Yeah. So
1: it's going to be something amazing. I don't know. I it's gonna, you. because have you have
0: to, to, to obviously factor in the religion and the culture. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge mm, challenge. The it's woman the <laughs> Wow, okay.
1: I'm ready. <laughs> I'm All ready. right, Mommy, who would you want to I was in so inspired. Mind. I was watching the eccentric and B E T awards and Miss Erica Badu. Ugh. Oh, I just love Miss Erica Badu, I love her. her style, her aesthetic, you know how she curates and puts her outfits together. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, you look sometimes and from an angle you'd be like oh that's a little bit weird but the way she carries it it's with self-confidence and you must acknowledge and say you look absolutely amazing I, you uh,
0: have to see her walk in
1: yes yes you must acknowledge they,
0: we don't want to see her on the days when she goes nude but we appreciate her i'm sure she'll even look when, beautiful in that no no we don't <laughs> want to encourage her mrs badu miss badu just stay clothed but i'm just i agree with you she's such a strong she's yes. a goddess yes she's
1: a, herself and and jill scott Beautiful woman, be- woman of soul. And when you have that, that soul within you, you just come out and if you walk into a place, there's presence like myself and you, Liz, and, Ooh, and, and JJ that. and me. See, I didn't put <laughs> myself in that list.
0: I was thrown into it, so I'm <laughs> accepting and going in. I personally would want to dress more abudu. Moabudu is obviously uh the talk uh talk show host. For those Africans who are tuned in who don't know, you must know for sure. Uh she's a TV producer, she's a media personality, she's a human resources management consultant, she's an entrepreneur, she's a philanthropist. I mean she's But been doesn't described she own the channel? Yes. She owns the channel. Yeah, yes. she's been described by Forbes as Africa's most successful woman. So she's anyway, like Tony Stark. Yeah, but yeah. she's yeah, and the thing is for me I think about dressing her is not even so much of her body type or it's about the strength that she's just a woman of strength. So I want to associate with that and I want to dress her to really bring that strength forward. I had are doing something. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm hoping that more. If you're listening, na please, let me just do that gown. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is how we hold it down every Friday, uh, one to two Central Africa time. Uh, keep your tweets coming, Fashion Lab AF. Join us for further conversations um, on www.fashionlabafrica.com where we hold it down. Any parting shots?
1: My parting shots is let's continue To build the African continent Let's not look down on each other Let's encourage each other Let's not laugh You know when you laugh you, you look stupid But rather ask for assistance Surround yourself with people where you're going to And be successful Nothing in life is impossible
0: Guys, you had it all. Peace and love. Make sure that you don't drink and drive. Stay away from Santon. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's so much traffic in there if you're in Joburg. But we love you lots. Uh, we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Peace and love.
1: Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao.
0: Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. This is Cliff Central. Cliff-